This is HPR episode 2174 entitled Dungeoneer Tabletop Game. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 43 minutes long. The summary is Klaatu reviews the Dungeoneer RPG card game. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everyone, this is Clat2. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This entry, this episode is an entry into my tabletop gaming series. And this time I want to talk about a game called Dungeoneer. Specifically, I want to talk about Dungeoneer uh, mostly from a solitaire game perspective, although it's not, it wasn't written as a solitaire game. It just happens to, to, to swing that way fairly successfully if, if, you, if you let it. Um, there's also a video game called Guild of Dungeoneering, I think, or something like that. That's got no relation to this whatsoever. Uh, so Dungeoneer I came across because I was looking for a game with solid RPG mechanics. Um, RPGs are funny because you kind of, you kind of, kind of need people to play an RPG with, and and it's not really a two-player enterprise. You know, it's it's, I think, like four people, three is players, one is dungeon master, game master, whatever you want to call them, um, is is I think kind of the the the, the right number um and then that's that's sometimes you know that takes that takes work to get to get something like that together so i wanted something with all the rpg mechanics but without necessarily the the burden of having to having to sort of have a rpg group a reliable group to play with so i came across two different games one was pathfinder and one is Dungeoneer. So Pathfinder is a Dungeon and Dragon fork, circa Dungeons and Dragons three or three point five, I think. I forget which. Um, and that seemed promising because they have a a card variant where it's a lot of you know t- based on cards and stuff. But what could I, what I could tell from online, and I'm not sure, but my impression was that it was that the, certainly the sol the the solitaire play of it would be dependent upon sort of scripted adventures, um, which I felt would be a little bit limiting because once you get through the scripts, then you're kind of on your own. Um, So I kind of wanted, I kind of chose not to go down that path um, and investigated Pathfinder because Pathfinder, not Pathfinder, Dungeoneer, because Dungeoneer is, um, it's it's entirely a, a card game. Um, it, it, it relies on nothing but cards. Well, that's not true, but a little bit more on that in a minute. Um, and the, the point of the game, as, as, as the name more or less suggests, is that it's a, a classic dungeon crawler. You know, you explore dynamically expanding dungeons, uh, you fight monsters, you complete quests, you get treasure and power, and you level up even. There's even a level up mechanic. So it's it's everything that you would find in an RPG, either digital or tabletop, uh, wrapped up in in a card game. The 
Dungeoneer game itself is um, by Atlas Games, which is this game studio that 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 publishes Gloom, which you may remember from I think the very first entry of this. Well, n- not not really. Um, a recent entry in this series, Gloom, um, but Gloom itself uh, is apparently from what sort of people say online, is the spiritual successor to Dark Cults. And that you will remember, certainly, from the first entry in this series. Um, Dark Cult is the game that I revived as Dark Occult on gitlab.com slash not clatu slash dark occult. And it's um, it's a really fun storytelling game. It's it's completely based on, on storytelling and completely devoid of RPG mechanic. And I think you could almost argue that Dungeoneer is the exact flip opposite of that. It's it's all the RPG mechanic without really any kind of story behind it, which is in a way a strength because, like I say, a lot of solo games that you're going to find out there with an RPG mechanic rely heavily on the story because RPGs traditionally do. Uh, Dungeoneer kind of alleviates that concern. You don't need to find a story to play through in order to play the game. You can just play the RPG mechanic. So the game itself, when you purchase it, and I should probably mention the game comes in like eight different varieties. They've got eight boxes of Dungeoneer cards, and it's not a Magic the Gathering type thing where you have to collect all of the cards to level up or whatever. It's not like that. Each each box is actually a self-contained game. Um, but interestingly, you can also combine them to play a big mega game as well. The only thing to be aware of there is that two of those sets are called, um, one is called Epic and one is called Legendary. And if you get an Epic or a Legendary set, you are actually uh, starting all your characters at level four, which I have found to be overwhelming. So don't do that. If you do go out and look at Dungeoneer as a game, get, get get a box that does not start with level four characters it it may not really say it very loudly on the box Um, i accidentally bought an epic card set um thinking that i was getting the beginner you know the the intro like a standalone game and it turns out that uh, it's all the characters are at level four which you might think well that doesn't really matter well it kind of does because at level four you get more quests you get more actions and when you're just starting out, you have no idea what to do with actions anyway, so having more of them is actually a little bit more confusing. So I, I strongly suggest getting a non-epic, non-legendary Dungeoneer set for yourself. I got them used at $10 a box. I got two boxes. One was the Realm of the Ice Witch, and the other was the Tomb of the Lich Lord. Uh, that's the epic one. So Realm of the Ice Witch is a great one to start with. And uh, it comes with 110 cards. The game itself consists of like of these 110 cards of a map area, which you build with map cards. And that's the area that your character explores during the course of the game uh, in order to complete quests. A quest given to your hero in the form of a quest card usually requires a character to go to a specific area on the map and retrieve either an object or kill or a person or kill a, a monster or or you know achieve some some task in this area 
Now, since your map starts with only five cards, the entrance card and then four, one card on each side, um, you, you, you might have to sort of bide your time before you get the, the area that you need to be in, you know? So that's kind of cool. So it, it kind of encourages ex exploration. You, you, you're kind of forced to continue to draw map cards and build out the area, your play area, because until you find, you know, the volcanic plateau or the, um, you know, the, the, the abandoned, the, the lonely forest or whatever, before you find these areas, you have to, well, you, before you can complete quests in them, you have to find them. So there's, there's an, an exploration element to the game kind of built in. Now, the problem is that while you're attempting to explore your environment, you're also being bombarded uh, by demons and traps and curses and all manner of, of evil. So the longer you stay alive, the more glory points, they call it, the more glory you get, um, which you can spend on, on power-ups, which they call boons, um, and, and kind of special weapons and things like that. Now, at the same time, as you collect all these glory points for staying alive, you're also amassing peril uh, points, as they call it. So you're you're amassing sort of potential negative energy that the dungeon itself, or the AI, or your opponent, if you're playing with other people, can use against you to send in uh, monsters, or traps, or curses, or or whatever. So that's the push and the pull of the game, is that as you explore, you're getting the potential for to, to find cool things in the form of glory points, but you're also amassing all of this potential evil stuff as well that can get used against you at the same time. So it's a really interesting mechanic, um, one that both rewards and punishes you, you know, for staying alive. Um, but it makes sense, like, if you think about it, if you're exploring a, a, a dungeon or a, a, a cursed wasteland, uh, then, yeah, you you would be finding rewards, you know, getting gaining glory, um, but you're also constantly at greater and greater risk because the more you stay out there, the the more likely you are to get discovered by some some evil entity that wants to kill you. Happens all the time, um, and that's the game, really. It's it's a, an ex exploration of 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 what we'll generically call a dungeon, even though uh, it might be, like I say, a frozen wasteland or a desert or, or a woodland. Or whatever, and and um, there's danger around every corner, and your survival depends largely on how you budget your character's uh, strengths. When when you you know when you pull out that power up, uh, when you're you know when are you when when you save a turn or when you conserve energy or whatever for for an attack and a counterattack that kind of thing. And there's a lot of dice rolling, combat, and stuff like that in there as well. That's that's how all the all the combat encounters get settled on on the rules of, of dice. So it's it's all the mechanics, as I said, of an RPG, without the storytelling, um, which can be a strength for sure. Because sometimes you don't want to get sort of invested in a story for one reason or another, either because you don't have enough players to sort of help build a story, or because you don't want to go to the trouble of finding a, a story for, you know, a scripted story, 
or just because you don't want to put the thought and effort into it, you know, like, I mean, having played Dark Cults frequently, um, I can definitely agree that sort of getting immersed in a story that you're building as you as you're playing these cards, it, it takes a lot of mental kind of focus, really. Um, I mean, you you don't have to focus on it, but if you're constantly getting interrupted while you're playing, it it does tend to sort of you know it takes away from the game. So you could think of Dungeoneer as kind of the analog equivalent of like you know a a hack and slash game like Gauntlet or something like that. It's just kind of like just getting in there, running around looking for treasures and looking for trouble. Really, that's that's Dungeoneer, which is a lot of fun. Um, I, I would say as, as, as someone who likes sort of immersing themselves in a, in a, in a world of fiction, I, I, I don't think it would be a, a horrible thing for Dungeoneer to have some extra lore, you know, kind of like a, a, a nice big core rule book, you know, a Dungeon and Dragon or a Shadowrun style sort of 400 page you know, here are all the rules, and here's all the the history of 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 the land and and the world, and this is this is why these monsters are here. This is why this magic exists. This is where it came from. This is why these portals exist. This is why these plane shifts exist. You know, all these different things. I, I wouldn't mind reading up about that, um, just because that's kind of the person I am. You know, I kind of I'm. I am largely, frequently, into something sort of for the world-building aspect. But by no means is it necessary. And like I say, to some degree, it would be out of place here, because it is kind of just like, it's a hack-and-slash game. At the at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. And and certainly there's there's a an implied story, whether you kind of follow that or not is up to you, but there's flavor text on all the cards. So you, you get you get little hints of of kind of what a story behind it all might be. Um, I mean and you can't I mean you like I say there are like eight different varieties or six if you ignore the upper level ones, six different varieties of decks that you can purchase. And you know, with with names like Realm of the Ice Witch, for instance, I mean if you can't invent a backstory for this ice witch yourself, at least to some degree, then you're probably not really aching for a story in the first place, because it's just, it's kind of, it, it kind of begs your, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that just kind of gets your 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 imagination going, regardless of, of what it says. I, I guess it's one of those times where what is, what is not said is sometimes more powerful than, than what is said, and that's kind of where where Dungeoneer I think leverages things quite well because it's got beautiful art, it's got just enough flavor text to kind of give you an idea that oh there is there's a complete world behind this. I mean I don't know that there is. It, it could all just be on the fly like oh let's reference this old demon and pretend like that's significant, and you're just like in your mind as a player you're just like oh my gosh this all ties back to this old demon and somehow that's going to be important later on, even though it's never really important. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's enough story at the end of the day. It's enough to, to kind of keep you satisfied. And in the game, in practice, you're not going to care why 
this demon is attacking you. You don't need to know its life story. You don't need to know the name of its wife and kids. You just need to kill it. You need to kill it fast. And that's good enough. So the cards themselves, if, if, you, um, if you look at them either online or if you purchase a box, uh, you will notice that graphically they've, they've been designed, thankfully, by someone who's actually played the game probably several times. Um, it's very, very clear. Uh, for instance, in the, the power-up cards, the boon cards, and, and even the banes, like the, the, the enemy cards, um, they, they, get, like, they get all the summaries of, of all the different you know, abilities and powers that, that that card grants your character or the monster that it's, that it's helping. Um, and that's, that's fine, but down the left edge of the card, they put the icons and the numbers of the power-ups that you're getting. And, and at first glance, that might look like it's overcrowding things, but then once you start laying it out on your table and you realize just how many cards you have, your tendency, or at least my tendency, is to try to consolidate. And because the cards have on the left edge all the important information, you can actually stagger your cards or kind of layer them and so that you just have like just your power-up cards with with essentially just just the pertinent information you know once again you don't really care why you're getting a, bo a boost a, a, a one bonus on your melee attack you just know that you're getting a plus one bonus on your melee attack like does it really matter not really i mean it matters when you first get the card and you're kind of looking at it and you're just kind of like you want to know why you've suddenly been blessed with a, you know more speed or more attack or whatever more power whatever strength um but but once you've cataloged it, you don't need to you don't need to know the details. You just need to know right now I've got a plus one in effect, a plus one of magic in effect, and this special ice sword that's going to give me a plus two if I'm on an ice wasteland when using it. You know, and that's all you need to know, and it's all right there on the left on the left edge, so you don't have to like go rifling through your cards. You can just set them down on your table. You see them, you know what you've got. It's, it, it makes things a lot faster. Um, and the flow itself of the game, in terms of kind of like how they designed it to work, it's quite familiar. If you've ever played Baldur's Gate or um, Dragon's Age or, or you know any, any RPG game ever, um, then you, you kind of get, you, you know how the game's, game is supposed to go. You have a set of actions, that you can choose from during each turn. You have some quests that you want to accomplish, so you've got a goal. Um, you have to manage your own combat uh, boons and your, your health level uh, and kind of keep accounting of your, your peril and glory points, all while you're coming up with a strategy to actually accomplish your quest, um, which, of course, is all dependent on how well you explore and stay alive uh, on the map. You're up against the clock, too, because um, there are forced discards at the end of each turn. So you might have a great hand that you're really happy with, but by the end of that turn, you're going to have to give one of those things up, which can be just downright painful. And, of course, uh, either your opponent, if you're playing with another person, or the AI, if you're playing a solitaire game, um, are going to, at the end of your turn, uh, at the beginning of their turn, they're going to assault you with something. Something evil is going to this way come. It's a really, really complex game. There's a lot of moving par parts to it and a lot to kind of keep track of. I mean, it's, it's 
it's accounting. It's it's an exercise in accounting. It's what it is. It's it's resource management, um, which doesn't sound like a game at all, but but it is. It is a game because it's cool stuff that you're getting to manage, and and it's kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like I get really really um, anxious while playing this game. Like way too anxious. But it's it's that same kind of feeling, you know, that you you get when you're playing a game. It's just like you 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 don't want to have to face that next monster because your health isn't that great and you're not really feeling that confident in your attacks right now. And then you draw a card that gives you a, a two bonus on an ice plateau and you're on an ice plateau and you encounter the ice witch and it goes wonderful. You kill her and it just feels amazing. It feels absolutely like you are just the best... Um, you know, epic Viking warrior or um, uh, half elf mage or whatever um, ever to live, and it, it's a great feeling. So it's it's a lot of fun. It is it, it's a roller coaster, um, but it is a lot of accounting. Just to warn you, like if that's if that's not your thing, <laughs> then Dungeoneer is not your game. It's not the game that you want to go to. Um, there is a lot of stuff to keep track of. There's your Peril and Glory card, and there's tokens on there to keep track of that, and they're always going up and down, because at the end of every turn, you get points for being alive, and then the next, you know, and then the AI or your opponent comes along and spins your Peril points to throw a monster at you, and then your health is being manipulated, so you've got, like, this dice on your, um, this die on your character card, and you have to flip that over every time you get wounded, because you're losing life points, yeah, it's 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 a lot of stuff to manage, and you got cards. You have to discard them and draw new ones, and then you have to roll a die to see if the if the ice witch is at least on on the realm of the ice witch. You have to roll to see if the if the land that you're on is going to get cursed by the ice witch and get frozen. So yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, um, and that is I should mention here that part of the impressive the most impressive thing about Dungeoneer in a way is its modularity. Um, it, like, it, it's got all those different flavors of, of decks that you can get, and all of them are, are combinable. You can combine them all. I mean, you can play them all separately, which I, which I've done with the Realm of the Ice Witch. That's, that's my, right now, my go-to implementation of Dungeoneer, because that's the one that I got. Again, I got it used off of someone for, like, ten bucks. It was a pretty good purchase. And then, in addition, I've got this, um call of the no tomb of the lich lord which i eventually will be able to combine with the ice realm and play both in and out of dungeons so i'll have a dungeon i'll have the ice realm so it's like it's really kind of cool you can play you can you can combine the decks and play you know this big game with lots and lots of more quests and different kinds of monsters and uh, different locations and all these different forces acting against you, it, it's, it's really, really neat. And, um, I mean, to some degree, the fact that they've got six different varieties, eight technically, um, of, of decks, you might kind of just think, well, that's, that's sort of franchising for the sake of franchising. And it may be, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. But, but you can't really discount the, or dismiss the, the, um, the fact that there is, you know, the, the, the different flavors of the decks actually are 
kind of part of what you're signing up for when you're playing a game, right? I mean, part of the reason that we play a fantasy-based game is because they appeal to fantasies. So if you happen to be more inspired by a witch warrior uh, with fire spells than a woodland druid, then it's actually really great to be able to choose one deck over the other because you can kind of you can pick the one that that just kind of speaks to you more, which is it's, it's appreciated. I I didn't have that experience myself, but um, I I can see now that I mean when I bought it I didn't even know what I was buying really. So, um, but I can see how how having the different flavors actually is kind of nice. And it is kind of cool, and I do look forward to, you know, actually breaking out my epic deck with its different types of warriors, because um, eventually maybe I'll want to play different kinds of, of characters, and, and certainly fight different kinds of, of enemies. Um, the different decks also do have, like, they'll throw in one or two unique mechanics as well. Like, the, the Woods of Malthorin has a weather system where you have to roll the dice to see what kind of weather is affecting the card that you're on, or something like that. Um, and the Realm of the Ice Witch, as I said, you, you roll a dice to see if the Ice Witch freezes the land, the, the space that you're on. And if, if, if she does, then certain monsters, and even some of your own weapons sometimes, uh, ideally, get boosted uh, in, in power. It, you know, if a monster attacks you on ice, then they have a plus one to whatever. Or if you use an ice blade on ice, then you get a plus one or, or something like that. I'm just off the top of my head. So, so it's not just a theme, you know, a skin. It's, 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 it does have some, some unique, unique things in there as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of fun because when you combine the dice or the, the decks rather, you, you also get to then expand you know, you get more variety in your map, essentially. I mean, again, it's a fantasy game. You, part of the thing that you're signing up for is, is the world that, that's being built, you know, like this different fantasy world. So the fact that you're, you're spending an entire game on the, in the ice wastelands is fine for a while, but eventually maybe you want to mix something in there. You want to get some woodlands in there. You want to get some dungeons in there, whatever. You can buy a new deck. You can throw them into your map and play this sort of mega dungeoneer game with you know 500 cards to choose from um, maps that go in and out of dungeons you can just kind of play it any way you want really it's 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 pretty cool it's a pretty nice design and didn't don't i always say modularity is good once more i am not wrong um so that's yeah that's the the cards i guess um and and fantasy is a fun game in terms of sort of escapism uh it's it's kind of a good setting a good genre i guess and and dungeoneer takes advantage of that in all senses of of the of the cards like the artwork is beautiful like if 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 you're in if you're into sort of cards as you know cards uh which which i am back when i was introduced to magic uh a long time ago in the states I, I i never got into it but i i really did appreciate it if no other reason than for the the artwork you know and for the ideas that it was presenting me with and that's the cool thing about dungeoneer is that it's got first of all well, great art but it's also got i mean between just the six standard decks again excluding the 
the advanced ones, you've got all kinds of characters to choose from. You've got gnomes, dwarves, orcs, dark elves, darklings, humans, a centaur, um, necromancers. Yeah, you've just you've got all manner of different heroes to choose from. Um, granted, like a lot of their powers are, you know, they they start to become a little bit redundant after a while, but but again, it's not necessarily just a, num a game of numbers. It's also what speaks to you as a as a player and as a kind of a a person, a fan of of, of the fantasy genre. Now, the game as designed is meant to be multiplayer, with each player attempting to complete two quests before anyone else does. And at the same time, each player also gets a turn as the um, what what's called the dungeon lord, and that's where they try to play against one of the other people as as sort of playing as the dungeon almost. Um, and that's kind of that's very sort of dark occult or dark dark cult slash gloom kind of like you're not only playing as yourself but you're playing as as everyone else's nemesis. Whereas you're not really you're not necessarily like directly playing against the character, but you you're you're taking on the environment and 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 bringing bad things upon other players. It's kind of an indirect you know kind of a passive aggressive aggressive uh, and it's that that works um, just fine and uh, I'm not really sure that I love that model I mean I, I think it's brilliant in dark cults I think it's brilliant in gloom I just I find that for an RPG mechanic and an RPG feeling game I mean RPGs if you think about it are usually cooperative you know like it's it's usually a game where everyone's in a party together and they're up against whatever foe the game master, the dungeon master, has has invented for them to go up against. So I, I don't really think of RPG in my mind as a as a thing where you're all playing against one another. So to me, that feels kind of out of place in this game. However, there are um, there are variants, of course, um, as there often are with tabletop games. Uh, for both solitaire and essentially a cooperative model, which the co the cooperative really ultimately is basically you know two or more people playing a solo game together, like at the same time. Uh, that's that's mostly what it boils down to because most of the mechanics are, are pretty much the same. You can you can refine it a little bit to to encourage cooperativeness, um, like you know, um, being able to switch to, to take, not, not necessarily take turns in sequence, you know, and kind of like abstain from one of your moves, let another character take their move, and then you go, you know, kind of stagger it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I find that cooperative play for, for RPG, at least in my mind, just sort of feels more natural. And, and that is, again, that's, that's essentially a solitaire game, um, with with more than one person. So the uh, solitaire game is is it, it works brilliantly. Um, it's it's all it does is it splits out the the evil cards into its own deck. And after your normal turn, which is a little bit there are some modifications to a turn. There has to be an escape mechanic for instance. Um, but after your turn, you can 
or you, you then draw as many evil cards as you have got peril points for, which is what an opponent would do for you anyway. Um, so you draw the evil cards, and then those monsters exist in the in your current space, and you have to fight them. And um, since that is a, a thing now, you 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 know it would either be well you either fight them and you die, or you fight them and you win. So there's also an escape mechanic, so that you can uh, face a monster and then try to just run away. Um, there's a cost for running away. You have to roll for it, and it's it's a pretty steep um, test to to overcome. But at least the option is there, and it and it turns it into a little bit more of a dynamic. Like, you know, otherwise there's there's a certain luck of the draw going on. It's just if you if a if a monster that just there's no way you're ever going to beat it. If that appears, then you're 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 probably just sort of the game is over essentially. So the escape mechanic gives you a, a fighting chance at at turning tail and running, really. Um, but then those monsters stay in that space. Like in a normal in a normal game, a non-cooperative, non-solitaire game, the monsters would would return to the opponent's hand, um, and that space would be empty. But in the solo and the cooperative play, the the monsters stay in that space. So that kind of ups the risk because now you're traveling through spaces that also have monsters in them, potentially. Um, so the combat I would say is a lot more fierce in the solo game, and I guess the the good thing about a solo game is that you can always adjust it. You know, if you're, if you're just like, well, this is impossible, this is stupid, you can you can make adjustments. Um, and I'm still I, I feel like I'm still getting the mix right. Um, I, I haven't perfected that yet. Like. Some games I'll go through and just think, oh, this is way too easy. And then other games I'll go through and just think, wow, this is impossible. So I think there's a little bit of refinement there. But but overall, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun solo game because, as I've said from the beginning, there's, there's no story. So, so you don't have to worry about the, the logistics of, well, where's the story coming from? Because the story's built in. You get some quest cards. If you want to take the time to imagine how that quest has been given and who gave it to you, you can do that. But it's not necessary. You can just take it as as you would in a video game, you know, just like, okay, here's my quest, I'm blindly accepting it, I'm going to go do this thing. And then when you achieve that quest, you usually get some kind of, well, you always get some kind of bonus. Sometimes you level up, which feels fantastic. Um, sometimes you just get, you know, some some more more life restored or 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 you get the power to dissolve ice, so you can go back through your map dissolving ice where the ice witch has, has otherwise frozen the land. You know, whatever. You, you get some kind of reward. So that's that feels pretty good. And in the solo game, I usually I assign myself two quests, and I go complete them, and then I, I try to make sure that I get back to the entrance and stay alive, because presumably if your hero doesn't get out alive, then you haven't really won the game. So I kind of impose that on the solo game. Um, in the addition to the constant threat of monsters, of course, you are still uh, forced to discard a card at the end of each turn, so you still have kind of that to manage. Uh, you've still got your glory points to manage. Um, so the, the pace remains quite rigorous, and, and as I've said, sometimes um, the combat is, is just just fierce it's just it's it gets to be really quite amazing so yeah highly highly recommending this game um, especially as I've said if you like 
uh, the RPG mechanics. I mean, that's um, that's a great reason to play this thing. If you want to play an RPG game but don't have an RPG group or you don't feel like you have a story available to you to, to kind of play through solo, Dungeoneer is a fantastic way to go. Highly, highly recommended. Of course, I'd be remiss if I if I left it on that uh, on that note because there is there is a problem with Dungeoneer, and the the problem are the rules, not really the rules themselves. The rules are actually fine. It's it's the way that the rules are written and presented. Um, I've never ever ever seen game rules written so poorly as I have with Dungeoneer. Um, they they periodically update the rules on on the Atlas Games website, and they're still horribly written. I mean, it is it is phenomenal how badly these things are written. Honestly, um, I I spent at least two weeks trying to really figure out the rules. Like I read the rules, I read the rule updates online, I read through forums, I watched some. A playthrough online, like it was, it was amazing how complex these rules are. And it's not really that they're complex; it's just that when you're reading them, that there's just no logic there. It's that it's just it makes no sense. And and to make things worse, um, well, yeah, I mean the game, the the rules basically just lay it out for you. It tells you everything, but in no particular order, and without any context. So it's 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 like they just dumped a bunch of rules on a page, and just they're just handing it to you, and they're like, here, make a game out of these. Why don't you? You know, and it's just like, okay, uh, do you want to give me a hint as to how I'm supposed to do that? No, they don't want to. Um, the cards also have a lot of iconography on them. There's a lot of little symbols and little numbers, and and they sometimes speak, sort of in a you know, some English words, some icons. So they're like, you know roll on icon plus two if trapped plus five and you're just like what are you is that which ones are the nouns and which ones are the verbs i mean really it's it's horrific it's horrible horribly done and and if i'm honest there are still symbols on some of the cards that i i have no clue what they mean i cannot find any sign in anything written what they mean there's there's one card specifically in in the ice deck uh there's this letter d delta um in a circle, in the middle of the card, smack dab in the middle of the card. There is no clue anywhere as to what that means. I, I've seen a suggestion on the internet that it is some kind of sewer, so you can travel from like one, one, one D card to another D card. But I have no basis for that. I don't actually know that. I don't know how many moves that's supposed to require. Um, it's just, it's completely, it's a mystery. So it's, it's a little bit upsetting. Um, I've also got another idea that maybe that's an entrance to a dungeon, you know, so like maybe if you're playing a combined deck with dungeons, then you could get into the dungeon from the from the sewer, essentially. So yeah, I, I really don't know. And there's there's text all over the cards, and then the rules talk about things that they don't, like that they use different terms within its own rule set. Like it, it'll call it'll call an encounter card an adventure card. It'll call life points a wound. You, 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 you inflict a wound. What is a wound? What does that mean? Do I get a token for that? Like, how do I indicate that? No, it just means decrement your life, your life point. 
your your health points. Um, it's just it's horrible. It's horrific. I cannot emphasize this enough. And the reason I need to emphasize it is because it will scare you away from the game. It will it will discourage you from playing the game. And that that would be a pity because as I've said um, for this entire time, it's a lot of fun. So to that end, I have reorganized and um, rewritten. I didn't modify. I'm, I just wrote for clarity uh, the rules again. So both for multiplayer and for solo. And again, I I, I frankly recommend the solo play. Uh, and if you have more than one person, just play co-op, play solo together. Um, you can find my rewrite at gitlab.com slash notclatu slash dungeoneerfix. Again, it's not it's not a, it's not a mod. It's not a variant. Uh, it's just a rewrite of the rules. And even the solo version is not really it's not mine. It's 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 a solo version that combines the an, a variant that Atlas Games came up with and the variant that um, two variants that some people on BoardGameGeek.com came up with. So it's, it's nothing that I've done other than I've I've organized it into reference sheets online. Um, and certainly the, the the rules themselves, like the multiplayer rules, that is something that I did. That's just completely, that's a rewrite for normal human beings. Um, it, it's, it the, the rules are just so badly written. Do not look at them. Don't refer to them. Don't ever look at them. Use mine instead. I guarantee you they make sense. The Atlas game rules will only confuse you and probably discourage you from even bothering with the game at all. Otherwise, outside of the rules, as they're written, the game is a lot of fun. If you have any interest in kind of like that hardcore dungeon crawling RPG feel, you should definitely try this game. It's a lot of fun, beautifully implemented, and supremely, supremely geeky if you like resource management uh, disguised as fantasy game. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.